But let's take our Bibles together and see what God has to say to us in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. As always, the only thing worth saying, the only thing worth preaching, the only thing worth hearing is what Jesus said. And we're going to look at what God says in his word again today. We want to read four very powerful verses in the Bible for people who know the Lord Jesus as Savior. We'll only be able to get into two of them, and by the grace of God, the other two tonight. But I'm looking at Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 1. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. The Bible says this, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Let's ask the Lord to bless the word to our hearts. Father, we look at this as our our food. You've called it so that. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so, Lord, we are privileged to have your words here in front of us today. And we pray, Lord, you'd feed our souls. And again, if there's someone that is outside of the grace of God, we pray you'd help them to see their condition. We pray they'd come and receive Christ before it's too late for their soul. And we pray, Lord, for every child of God, that you would help us to live what we read this day, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Our verses start with a question, it starts with the word if, if ye then be risen with Christ. So we can't necessarily proceed through the rest of these verses unless you and I find out if that is applicable to you. And so my question for you today, and really the $10 million question isn't about whether or not Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The question is, have you risen from the dead with him? That's the question. There are people today on our property that are not alive. They're alive physically, but they're not alive within. And the Bible gives this very pointed statement. He wants us to know that we are risen with Christ. Are you risen with Christ or not? How do you know whether or not you are risen with Christ? I would say this. This is easy to follow, I would would say. Watch this now. You could not be risen with Christ if you did not die with him. Does that make sense? Before there's a resurrection, there has to be a death. And so we find in our text that in verse, look at it, verse number three, for ye are what? Dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So 
You had to die with Jesus to be risen with Jesus. Furthermore, the great gospel story is the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to be risen with Christ, you had to have died with Him and you had to be buried with Him. Notice what he said in chapter 2. I won't re-preach what we have already gone through, but in chapter 2, would you remember verse number 12 with me? Buried with Him. Do you see that? In baptism. That is not water baptism. If you don't understand that, you need to go back and hear that message. We'll let you... Amen. We'll, we'll let you go back and, and, and hear things in the past as well. We, we've got all that on, on recording. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also, watch it, you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who had raised him from the dead. So you had to be buried with Christ. You had to, or you had to be dead with, to die with Christ. You had to be buried with Christ to be risen with Christ. So the question is, have you died with him? Have you died with him? You know, the Bible tells us that we're, we who know Christ as our Savior, we are dead to several things. The Bible told us as we preach through the text, that verse number 14, 15, 16, 17, those things, we are dead to the law. We've, we've died to the law. It doesn't have any dominion over us. It's against, it, it was removed from us. It was taken out of the way. We are dead to the law. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6 and 7, it shows us that we're dead to sin. Sin has no dominion over us. You have never been able to tempt a corpse with a sin. Is that not true? And that's what Romans 6 and 7 is about. We're dead to the law. Romans 6 said we're dead to sin. And then the Bible says we're also dead to the world. He tells us, and we just saw it not long ago, look at verse number 20 of chapter 2, Colossians 20 verse 2, Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ, there it is again, from the rudiments of the world. You know, Paul said this, he said, I'm crucified with Christ, and he goes on to say that the world is crucified to me, and I am in the world. The world is dead to me. I don't see a lot of that in people's lives, though. There's something that's disconnected. If I'm dead to the world, why does it have so much feeling in me? If I'm dead to sin, why am I so sensitive to that? If I'm dead to the law, why are so many times in my life there's guilt that comes up when I read the law and I look at it? We won't go through all those things this morning, but I want to ask you the question, are you dead with Christ? If you're not dead with Him, if you've not been buried with Him and placed into His body, into that death and into that burial, then you're not risen with Him either. The question is, are you with Him? You know, it's all through here. You see verse 1? If ye then be risen with Christ... All these things are with him. Verse number 20 that we just read in chapter 2. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ. Everything is with him in the text. Verse number 12 of chapter 2. Buried with him. And my question is, are you with him? 
The Bible tells us in chapter 3, in verse number 3, look at it. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Look at verse 4. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Everything is connected with Jesus Christ. So are you with Him or are you not with Him? Now you think about that just for a moment. Have you identified with Him in every way? Have you identified with His death? Did did His death on the cross for sin, was that your accepted payment for the death of your sin? Did He die for your sin? Have you applied that payment? Are you dead with Him? Think about with me. Is He your righteousness? So many people, so many people, they are living a religious life by themselves. It's not living with Christ. It's me trying to be accepted before God. It's my righteousness and my goodness and my victory over sin. and, And no, no, the Bible says none of that will do. You've got to be with him because you have no righteousness unless it's his righteousness. And you have no payment for sin unless you have received His payment for sin. It's not you turning over a new leaf or doing better or stop. No, no. you got to be with Him. I won't say, I won't say this morning, I'm with Him. <laughs> I'm with Him. The only thing I plead is Jesus. I'm with Him. I'm with His cross. I'm with his burial, I'm with his resurrection, I'm with his righteousness, I'm with his glory, I'm with his home, I'm I'm just with him. It's too lonely, hell will be a lonely place with you and yourself. Hell will be a lonely place with you and your religion. You better find him, you better get with him. You can't be with him if you're not in him. The Bible tells us if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You see, that's how I died with him because I stepped into him. That's how I was buried with him because I stepped into him. That's how I was risen with him. I stepped into him. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. All things become new. Jesus said, I'm the door by any. He said, if any man will enter in, you just have to come to Jesus. Well, I wish everybody that went to church came to Jesus, but that's not the truth, is it? And so my question is that if, have you been risen with Christ? What is your standing? When you, we talk about if you then be risen with Christ, that's to a standing position. What is your standing with God? Now, wait a minute. When he rose from the dead, did he stay around here? What happened when Christ rose from the dead? Where did he go? He went up to heaven. The Bible says he's seated up there at the right hand of God, right? Now, if I'm risen with him, we already read in Ephesians chapter 2, where did I go? I went where he is. 
So here's what he's saying. If you're risen with Christ and you're up there in heaven with Him, why are you so involved with everything down here if you're up there? Why are you so occupied? If you're risen with Christ, why are you so occupied with everything that's down here on this planet when when that's not where you are? And that shouldn't be where your heart is. And that shouldn't be where your mind is. If you're risen with Christ. Number one, seek. So seek and sit. That's all we've got this morning. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. When you think about the word seek, it tells me this. It tells me what you're after. Now, if you're like me, what, what I normally have to seek are my keys or my wallet. I'm after that because I can't start my car without it. <laughs> I can't go down the road without my driver's license. So I'm, I'm looking for it. What are you looking for? Now, if you're not saved this morning, I understand why you're not looking for God. I do. I understand why you're not. Because your whole world is wrapped up in this world that's going to perish with the using. You don't have anything to look forward to. That's why you eat, you drink, be married, do whatever you do in this life. Because you're not risen with Christ. You have no other life. You have no other hope. I get that. But if you have been risen with Christ, if you're saved by the good grace and mercy of Almighty God, you've got another life. You've got another destiny. So why would I be after things that don't matter and that perish? Can I I ask you that again? If you're saved this morning, what are you after? What are you pursuing? Guys, I don't know about you. Maybe the older I get, I spend too much time thinking. I think about my own mortality. I think about one day the lights are going to go out. Because people live like that's never going to happen. And here's the question. What am I after? Am I after something that's going to stop? Am I after something that's going to pass away? Seek those things which are what? Above. What a what? I'm so glad that God is above and hell is below. And we're stuck in the middle. The question is, which direction am I seeking? Am I seeking things above? You know, it's so strange. When Jesus Christ stepped out on the scene and started walking around and calling out to his disciples, do you know the first question? Listen, listen, listen. Do you know the first question Jesus ever asked his disciples? What seek ye? That's John chapter 1, verse 38. What are you really looking after? What are you looking for? Oh, I tell you this morning, if that could burn a hole in in our hearts and minds, what am I really looking for? That's what Jesus asked his disciples. What seek ye? And later on, you know what he told him? He told them, whosoever shall seek, there's a word again, to save his life shall lose it. 
You're seeking for a good life? You're not going to find it. You know what else he told him? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Somebody said, well, if we were all just so heavenly minded, we would be no earthly good. I think our verse helps us with that. Because here's the truth. If I seek the things that are above, then I am going to want to please who is above. And I'm going to want to fulfill my responsibilities that God's given me here until I get up there. But I'm not living my life for my responsibilities. I'm seeking Him first. What seek ye? Seek those things which are above, the Bible tells us. Jesus gave us the example. He said in John 5 verse 30, He said, I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. What do people seek after? You're real close to it. Look at Philippians chapter 2. I'll show you what we seek after. Because we all have this problem, guys. What are you looking for? Well, preacher, I'm just looking for a happy life. You won't find it. You know why? Because that's something down here below. You won't find it. Well, I'm seeking for the perfect mate. You won't find them. Well, I'm just seeking for a wonderful family. You won't find that either. What are you after? All of that's below. Well, I just want a good job and a good house and yeah. a good life. Why? So it can end? So it'll stop? Philippians chapter 2, verse 21. Here's the commentary. I've never gotten past this verse all my life since I, years ago when I preached through this little book of the Bible. Philippians 2, 21, for all. Do you see that? For all seek what? their own not the things which are Jesus Christ you know the sad commentary on all of our lives is too many times we are seeking what we are seeking we're not seeking what's above 1 Corinthians 10 24 says let no man seek his own but every man another's wealth I'll give you another verse that's been and blazed and branded in my brain. Look at Jeremiah, way back to Jeremiah 45. I don't know if this will help anybody, but it's in the Bible. I'm fixing to get about seeking for things above, but but before I do, you've got to quit. You've got to quit seeking for things down here. Jeremiah 45 and verse five. Watch this. Watch it. Maybe you ought to put it in your house. And seekest thou great things for thyself, seek them not. What a verse. You seeking something for yourself? Quit it. Seek those things that are above. What is below? (laughs) 
People seek wealth that's below. They seek the wisdom that's down here under the sun. They seek the pleasures that are down here. They seek the glory that they can find down here. They seek their own profit. They seek a country. They seek a cause. They seek for peace in this life. They, they seek all types of things. And come. And God says, if you're risen with Christ, quit looking for things down here. You need to be seeking for things up there. Seek those things which are above. Seek. And then he says, Colossians chapter 3. He says in verse number 2, set, set your affection on things above. Seek those things which are above. Set your affection on things above. What is your affection? Anybody know what affections are? Didn't they have to do with your emotions a little bit? You ladies, have you ever told your husband, I wish you would be more affectionate? Well, maybe, maybe you haven't. Okay, I'm sorry. Y'all are either dead or you don't want to answer that question. <laughs> affections, that's your emotions. That's your desires. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Here's the truth. You know what we seek? We seek after whatever our affection is on. In other words, if I love something, I go after it. Is that not right? If my heart's on it, boy, I'm going to make a beeline. And if I have to go, amen, in the dumpster and ruin my bank account and go in debt, I'm after this. And even if this is not the person in my life that I ought to have, if my affection is on he or she... I'm throwing caution to the wind. I don't even care about any of that. Y'all listen to me? When your affection is set on something, you go after it. And the reason we're not seeking for things above because our affection's not there. That's not, that, that's not what we desire. That's not where our heart is. Our heart's on this, this junk down here. And some of it's not even junk. You say, well, preacher, are we not supposed to have affection for our families? They're all down here. Yeah, but only through Jesus. You know, the only way you can love your wife or love your husband is through Jesus because love is of God. It's not of you. It's the only way you can love your children. It's the only way you can be a decent citizen or a person of character. All that's got to come through God. And that's you seeking Him. And then He puts that through your life for others. But you've got to be seeking and setting your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. You mark it down. Every problem that people have in their life, some way, shape, or form, it goes back to their affection wasn't in the right place. Set your affection. On things above. You know, he says set. You see that little word? That's such a powerful word. Set. I will set that there. You know that didn't fly there by itself. When I get up to preach, usually that's setting 
sitting right there, but it's only sitting there because somebody set it there. It doesn't get there by accident. Somebody had to take this and purposefully say, I'm going to put it there. I'm not going to put it here. I'm not going to put it there. I'm going to put it right there. Now listen, listen, this is powerful. You are in control of where your affections are. You get to set them where you want them. So where have you set them? Have you set them on things above? Well, let's think about that for just a minute. You can't set your affection on things above if you don't know what's up there. That, that, that's a problem. Well, I know one thing that's up there because verse 1 says, seek those things which are above where, that's a geographical location, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. I know one thing that's above and that's my Jesus. You, you see that? So I need to take my affection and set it on Jesus. Because he's above. So I'm going to love him. I'm going to love him more than I love you. I'm going to desire him more than I desire you. And that's where our problem be trained. We've not set our affection where it ought to be. It's on stuff down here. It's on people down here. It's on complicated stuff down here. Instead of setting our affection, look, we all have to live through this life, but we don't have to set our affections in this life. The more you think about that, it'll drive you crazy. You'll come up with a fatalistic view of life because it's so discouraging and it's so ending. And God says, quit putting your affection down here and set them on things above. Because I'm not going anywhere. We sang it this morning. Yesterday, today, forever. I'm the same. And when your grandpa walked down here, I, I was up there. And when your great, 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 great grandpa was walking down here, I was up there. And when you'll be gone, I'm still going to be up there. So put your affection on something that is sure. Put your emotion, man. Some of us in here need to put more of our emotions on Jesus. He said our affection, guys. Set your affection on things above. Well, Jesus is not the only one up there. Look at Galatians chapter 4. You do remember the Bible tells us that 1 Peter 2.11, that we're strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Galatians chapter 4, real close to our text here. Something else is above. Galatians 4 verse 26. Galatians 4.26, but Jerusalem, which is what? Above is free. They don't even vote up there. Jerusalem, which is, matter of fact, these uh, Jew haters are going to have a hard time when God says, by the way, if you go to my holy city, I'm going to call it Jerusalem. That puts Jew haters in an awful bad situation. Revelation 21, he said, I saw New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. That holy city. You know what the Bible says? That's my mother. <laughs> Did I read that right? Maybe I need to read that again. 
26, but Jerusalem which is above is free, which is the mother of us all. That's my, that's my city. You ever heard somebody talk about alma mater? You know what that means? Y'all know what that means, right? That's rooted in the word mother. <laughs> well, my school is not my mother. <laughs> now, they tried to tell me that when I was at, in Bible college. Now, you'd be faithful to your mother. They didn't say mother. They said alma mater. Well, too late because that place don't exist no more. My mother died, I guess. No, no, no. He says, you don't even belong down here. You're a pilgrim. You're a stranger. Why would you put your affection down here when this is not even home? Have you ever been homesick? I tell you what, some, some of you right here, and, and, and I, even some of these kids, you know, some, sometimes uh, parents don't let their kids, you know, go off. It's good for them to be homesick. Well, that opened up something else. It's good for them to get away from you. Maybe they'll actually miss you. How can they ever miss you if, okay, get back in the text. You ever been homesick? I tell you what, all you have to do, talk to some of these veterans that have been overseas and had to live somewhere where different food, different people, different culture, different geography. Loved one's not there. And they push through it. I preached for a long time about missionaries, you know, having culture shock and being tough and all that until I had to say goodbye to my family. I had to hug my dad's neck while he cried and didn't want me to get on a plane halfway around the world. And put their grandkids on a plane and leave. And get on the other side of the world to serve the Lord. And I know what it's like to have affection for home when I'm not there. Guys. You know where we're, why we're not homesick? We've made a home down here. This is our home. But it's not. We got back in the States after being in Romania for a while. And somebody at our home church said, Preacher, good to have you home. I said, you know what? I don't even know where home is anymore. I don't, even, I don't know if it's in Alabama where my mom and dad and my brother are. I don't know if it's in Romania where I'm living and doing my work. I don't know if it's in Virginia where all my children were born and this church that I love so much. I don't even know where home is anymore. It was like the Lord spoke to me and kicked me upside the head and said, Doofus, it ain't down here. <laughs> you ever get homesick? In that bright city, pearly white city, I'll have a mansion, a home and a crown. 
But now I am watching, waiting and longing for the white city that's soon coming down. He said, aren't you excited about that? You go home in your house you have to put traps to catch the mice and you got to fix junk in it that's breaking all the time. Working so hard to keep the grass and the shrubs to grow and cut the grass. Is that your home? Then why is your affection there? That's not the only thing that's up in heaven. I've preached long enough, I know. But I want you to go to First Chronicles because David said something that I think we ought to hear. You can get First Chronicles chapter 29. And with your other hand, you can do it. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Chronicles 29. Second Chronicles 29 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Where are your affections? I don't, I don't, I don't even have, a, have a one desire in my heart that thinks that anybody that's not saved would have any of these affections. But if you're risen with Christ, you've got another land. You've got another life. You've got another home. First Chronicles chapter 29. The Bible tells us in verse number 3. I said, I meant second. I meant first Chronicles. First Chronicles 29. This is about David. First Chronicles 29 verse 3. Watch it. Moreover, because I have set my affection. Do you see that in the Bible? Because I have set my affection to the house of my God. He didn't put his affection on his own house. He didn't put his affection on his own kingdom. He put his affection on the house of God. That's still appropriate place. You say, well, that, that's down here. No, no, no. No, it's not. The house of God is much bigger than just this little building. We are the house of God. And, and, and there's a whole lot more of us than are just in this building and are on this planet. The Bible says you're come, amen, unto the general assembly up in heaven, he says. Jerusalem that's above. And he, he says the church that are written in heaven. To an innumerable company of angels. The church is a lot bigger than just in this little planet. We got a whole bunch of members up there. And Paul, that's why Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2, in verse 6, I'm not seeking glory. That's not what I'm seeking after. Look how this goes together. Nor of men sought we glory. That's not what I'm seeking for. 
But look at verse number 8. So being affectionately desirous of you, I'm not seeking glory. I put my affection on you. I put my affection on the people of God, the family of God, the house of God, because that is something that's going to last and last and last. So many saints are above. Aren't they? I said, preacher, all we just need to want to see Jesus. No, that's good. But he said, seek those things which are above. And more than Jesus is above. Oh, I'm longing for the day that I get together with all the church. All of God's people. And that's where my affection is. I'm so out of place down here. He also says, lay it for yourselves, treasures in heaven. So you can have some treasure up there too. There's a whole lot of things up there. But he says, that's where your affection ought to be. And guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Many of us are risen with Christ, but we don't live those two verses.